0: Hey, this is Craig Wade. And Brian Allen Delaney from B-Movies and eBooks, a podcast about cult and horror films and genre fiction. You can catch new episodes on iTunes and Stitcher every Wednesday, or you can watch us live on blab.im, Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. Central. B-Movies and eBooks. We bleed fiction. The following. To another edition of Barely Living the Dream, Recorded on the road again. However, surprisingly, not during the 40 hours we were on the road, both out to and back from Vegas. Exactly. Well, or like 50. 55. 50 because we're at again. So, yeah. which is at add- which is the reason why we're heading back. Um, so, yeah, Chris, why don't you? Why, why are we? Why are we driving today? <laughs> we got home from Las Vegas yesterday. Yeah why are we now driving back up to northwest texas well you see it was uh middle of the night chris warren happened to be driving the lovely van that we got from enterprise uh, for our transportation all the way there and all the way back and also to take actors and crew to set yeah um as we were driving home late last night it was probably about six in the morning I was... Early yesterday morning. Early yesterday morning, excuse me. Yeah. Uh, It was probably about 6.30. Actually, it was 6.30. um, A a deer just decided to pop out in the middle of the road in Bowie, Texas. And, uh, yeah, I hit it going about 75 miles an hour. Yeah. So... And we were... The other three of us, which is myself, Brittany, and Justin... Yep. ...were dead asleep. Yep. So I woke up from a dead sleep. What was that? Was it screaming? Fuck! 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 You were fuck. like fuck, fuck! 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 And I put my arms up like diagonally to try to brace myself because I thought we were flipping through the air. Yeah, we weren't. Yeah, because I was like, okay, this is it. You know, how am I gonna, how am I gonna live life being parap or quadriplegic? Yeah, like, that's that's the first few things that went through my head. Yeah. And then I was like, goddamn it, Chris, you killed the day. We were gonna get home at like ten a.m. I know. Yeah. But then I realized, you know, once you said it, it was not your fault, it was an animal. It's a fucking animal. There's yeah. nothing I could do about it. it you yeah. either hit the animal or hit a car. So yeah. I took the animals, but it uh, decimated the front of the van, ruined the radiator, so yeah. I couldn't drive it. Yeah. Fortunately, Enterprise. Well, they sent a tow out. Justin. Justin lives in Fort Worth or near Fort Worth, right. so he was close enough to where his wife could come and get me. Drive me to the Enterprise that was nearest. Luckily, I found out when I got there. They're the only Enterprise that's sort of like up in the boonies like that. Oh wow, we got it was, it's still about twenty-five minutes away. Yeah, but uh, they gave us a replacement car. Unfortunately, it was a car. Yeah, it was a Nissan Altima. So we could only. It, myself, Chris, and Brittany can only fit ourselves and our bags, our clothes bags into it. Yeah, pretty much. So now we're driving back up to where they took the van for repairs. Gainesville. Which is Gainesville, Texas, to go pick up the rest of our production crap yep. that was in the van. Yep. So, barely living the dream indeed.
1: That this is. is the stuff
0: you don't see on the behind the scenes. Exactly. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let's uh, we'll sort of like do a quick recap yeah. Of the experience. Yep. Because Brittany's not here. I mean, I don't know why we didn't record something with Brittany and Justin in the car. Well, I know why. We just talked about it. Yeah. We, were, we were super tired. We were all exhausted. Could barely so. think. We took a good picture on the side of the road, though. Yeah, that will be up That'll soon. be our new podcast yeah. picture, I think. Yeah, it's With our funny. bags, where we look like transient travelers. It's like you said, it's a good bookend. Yeah, it's a good bookend yeah. to, the, to the experience. Um, so, yeah, a lot... A lot happened. We'll talk about the curse of the grounds or the alleged curse of the, the grounds, curse, which is yeah. not, it was not something we coined. No, not at all. I think the, direct, the director, Rich, yeah, or Rich, maybe Mark, Rick, I think it was Rich and Penn. Rich yeah. and Penn coined yeah. the term because yeah. they think the movie's cursed. Yeah. And we'll talk about that. Yeah. We'll but learn. first, but before we get to we'll all that, that um, let's circle back to our last podcast. Yeah, <laughs> right. Apparently there's some blowback, which of course that's to be expected. It's not the first time. It's like nope. the sixth time that's happened for me. Yep. Nobody ever listens. Right. Uh, <laughs> And it's always a cycle of, fuck you guys, then, like, indifferent and weird to you guys, and then we apologize to you guys. And I swear, I've gone through this, like, 30 times. It's crazy. <laughs> Witchcraft, s- s- the sweatshop stuff with all the money stolen, the placeholder stuff, you name it. Yeah. You know, so this is not my first rodeo, and it's, like, when stuff started happening, I was like, here we go again. Yeah. You know, the only difference is that we were working on a movie at the time, so you could, you know, we really didn't have time to pay attention to it. But yeah, I didn't but- even want to pay attention to it. But here's the thing like you know there was some there was some reaction and people a lot of people were like yeah exactly that's exactly what happened or that's exactly what happened on this other film we totally relate to that this is not how things should go Yep. Awesome. Yep. Because I we know that's the truth, and we're happy that and like a lot of people were happy that at least somebody is finally voicing it and saying this is the problem. Right. Because you we know? just worked on something where that none of that stuff really different yeah. things have different things conspired. Happen. But yeah, you know, but I mean, it's, it's more like movie you business things, stuff. Yeah, you know? movie business stuff that is normal and can can happen. It happens a lot. Right. Where what we're we're talking about on that podcast shouldn't happen. Right. You know. So. All this to say, like, I'm, I'm, this is a long way of me saying, there are a lot of people that are sort of angry or feel like they were misrepresented or, I don't know, everybody gets, up even if things were true, and, and a bunch of people saw things go down a certain way, which, by the way, it's not, you know, you can't sue us if that's what exactly happened. Yeah. But I don't know how many times I have to go through this because I actually do have an entertainment lawyer, three of them, in fact. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so I know how this stuff works, but you know, people are just telling their stories and if that's what happened, that's what happened. But if it makes you mad or you think you were misrepresented or for whatever reason, no bullshit. We invite you to come do a, come to the pot, come do a podcast with yeah. us, present your side of it. We'll talk it out like grown ass adults. Uh, we don't want to be like one sided about this because granted, I mean, we, everybody sees things their own way and exactly. the, their own story is the only story. And I've, because of the things I've worked in, I've, because of how long I've been doing this and how many things I've worked on with different people in different parameters, I have actually seen both sides of things go down and been on both sides of it. So what we just kind of experienced that. So I understand that it could be a little more complicated than maybe it comes across, but you have to understand that these people are giving their experiences and because Chris and Brittany are giving their experiences of what happened and what made their jobs hard right, and what they saw that they thought could be fixed. So... If you disagree and you want to come have a civilized debate about it, yep. we invite you, reach out, everybody's got my email, they know how to get in touch with me. Don't email Chris and Brittany. Email me, Mel, upstartfilm at SBCglobal.net. We'll set up a time to do it with everybody. Uh, it'll be a, it can be a neutral location. We'll like rent out a studio, a guitar center or something Don't even, you me. know? Uh, and we'll sit down and air the grievances, you know. No character assassination. Nope. I mean, you can assassinate my character as much as you want. I don't really care. Yeah. Anything you can say has already happened. So, but I'm just saying, like, we are not setting you up to for you to fall. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, totally. like we really want to talk it out, exactly. and be real about it, yep. and I want I want to be clear. Like, I don't. I didn't start this. I didn't start this podcast just to sort of like take people down. I started it to bitch about what I saw continually going wrong or frustrating me or. Aggravating me, Exactly. and those things are systemic, and it's not just certain people. No, it's a bunch of different people in different places doing the same things Exactly. So it's not a personal attack of any kind. So uh, that's yeah, why, that's why we don't use names. We don't talk about that per. Like we don't call you out. You know what I mean? We don't call you out. We don't call out the production. We don't do anything like that. Yeah. Because we're just talking about our experiences and what. Right, happens. and I can't tell you how many times I've mentioned something that was fucked up on a movie and three different people emailed me about it thinking they know what it is and it's three different movies and three different places with three different directors. Exactly. And so it's, you know, it's... It can relate to anything. It, a lot of people can relate to this shit. Yeah. So that's why we do it. So anyway, please take us up over on our invitation. I think that if you want to solve the problem, that's the best way to do it so that everybody that heard the first thing can hear your side of it, right? Yep. And I'm totally open to it. I am too. Uh I'm sure so, yeah. Brittany will be as well. Yeah, I'm sure Brittany will be. So uh, please email me. Let me know. We'll set something up. We'll figure it out. And with that said, let's move on to talking about the, the curse of the ground. Da, da, da. <laughs> Or the grounds in general, then the curse, was yeah. allegedly. Exactly. So I guess where we start, we'll, we'll go. We'll begin at the beginning. Let's begin at the beginning. Yeah, because yeah, it started off crazy. Yeah, yeah, really did. It really did. And I don't know how detailed I want to get about I was gonna, me. Yeah, I was gonna say. Uh, but we'll 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 dance around a little bit. Cool. Uh, so I don't know how much I really talked about the pre-production of the grounds, but I know I mentioned it on some previous podcasts. But several months ago, when I was in Las Vegas or something yeah. else. Uh, our friend Jason Miller, friend and producer and guy who's worked on a lot of stuff we worked on, yep. reached out to me and asked me if I wanted to help him with a movie with that featured Penn Gillette that Penn was working on. And I was like, of course. Yeah, <laughs> like that's all you have to tell me, you know, because yeah. I'm a big fan. I have been since I was a kid of Penn and Teller. So uh, we started putting it together back several months ago. Uh, I I was I ended up being the line producer. I was gonna be the first AD, so I brought Chris in as my second. Hired a bunch of people I know are heavy hitters uh, from LA and a few from Texas, yep. um, and then did an extensive vetting pro- process of people in Las Vegas yeah. for people we had to hire for local crew. Yep. Uh, put the crew together, got everything together. We rented the van, hauled their happy ass out. Asses out there. <clears throat> it was it was already a little chaotic in the beginning, not because of you know like real problems or. Incompetence. It just—it it, it was a complicated movie. Yeah. Because the whole movie—I mean, I don't—I don't, I hate to do this because it's kind of a spoiler, I guess, but it's important to—and um, it's been in the news stories anyway. Right. Yeah. It's already been the news. The whole movie, I think, grew out of the fact that Penn, Penn, and his family have moved out of the slammer, which was his. Everybody, everybody in Las Vegas knows where his house is. What it looks like—it's the crazy house you've seen on TV. It's multicolored. Uh, but. At a certain point, it was not right for their family, I guess, or they needed to, they wanted to move into something that was more appropriate for their, like, preteen kids. Right. So, they, and the people that bought the land decided they're tearing it, they're going to tear down the house and build condos on it. Right. So, of course, Pin being the smart showman that he is, he's like, let's write a movie around the fact that we're tearing down this house. Yep. So, but the logistics of making that happen were pretty complicated because it's a big-ass house we obviously still needed utilities there or utilities in some form yeah. to shoot there because it kind of doesn't make sense monetarily if you're doing a low-budget movie and you have a domicile that's there that's powered, that has utilities or could have utilities to bring out other things like RVs and honey wagons. Exactly. You know, if you it, it'd be nice if you had a bigger budget to do that that the house could just be the set, but we didn't really. Yeah. No. So it was like figuring all that stuff out, figuring out how to rewater the house. We had a... Uh, I found a water company in Vegas that does that specifically. They brought a tanker out, hooked it up to the house and basically the house was, instead of pulling water from the well, uh, which had been shut off or shut down or whatever they do, yeah. they were pulling water from the tanker truck yep. so everybody could have bathrooms and showers because exactly. there was blood and mess involved. Yeah, it was, it was pretty gory. Uh, and the house still had power so it was sort of like figuring out all that right. uh, logistical, operational stuff beforehand and uh, there were a few sw- switcheroos with actors uh, that kind of flipped out at the last—not flipped out, but we flipped them out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Flipped one person out for another yep. uh, at the last minute, and then there were some we had to figure out our hotel rooms because that was kind of a situation. But it got figured out. Yeah. So there's just a lot going on. Yeah. So the whole drive there, I'm stressing out because it's just there's a lot to handle, you know, and it's it's a it's a complicated thing. Yeah we get there and I think we we arrived I think we had two days to spare yeah right yeah we got there Saturday it was Saturday early afternoon right we got there so we arrive at the slammer first check it out Mark Mark David the DP is already there Rich Nathanson the director is already there production design is working Uh, we kind of just checked it out and then I we all went back to the Rio checked into our hotel rooms uh, is started? Is that when you guys went to Costco? Uh, no. We well, yeah, yeah. We went to Costco. Yeah, we went to Costco right right after we arrived. I think. Where were you? So, so where were you at when you got the news that I was incapacitated? Do so you remember what you guys were I was, doing? I was in Costco. Okay. I was literally picking up. So it was the next day that you guys were Yeah. Okay. Cause yeah. it was the Sunday. It was the Sunday. Okay. So yeah, it was Sunday. Saturday. Right. That's right. Cause Saturday we all just kind of chilled. Right. And we all were just kind of hanging out you were running around to handling all kinds of issues. And so were me and Brittany. Yeah. So it was so. Sunday was a pretty intense day because that was my first day boots on the ground. And we're all, all of the, me, uh, Jason Miller, who's a producer, Emily Gillette, who's Penn's wife was also a producer. Yeah. Um, uh, Adam Rifkin, even who's a who's a producer, and it's the reason that we kind of all got brought in. Right. Uh, he, did, he directed Detroit Rock City, and you know he's a working guy. But anyway, he's a producer. He was handling like we were all just putting out fires because there's a lot of fires to put out at this point. Yeah. And you know we're starting <clears throat> the shoot starts the next day on Monday. Exactly. So we're all just running around and trying to take care of shit. And so I'm there. I'm back in my hotel room at my computer. But working on the budget, actually, I was reconciling some things. Yeah. I I felt like crap the whole weekend, the drive out, you know. And you guys told me after the fact yeah. that I looked like crap. I, I, I did well. I didn't want to point too much attention to it because I didn't want you to start freaking out about that, you know. Yeah. And add more to what you were already dealing with. Yeah. So I was just like, okay, just let it go. And you right. and you probably attributed it to just be being stressed out, exactly. about All the stuff yeah. because it's happened before. Yeah. Although I do have to say, I think that's the most I've ever seen you. You know what I mean? Right. Like, at one point, I was like, okay, this is getting a little too far. You know what I mean? But I was like, I don't... I didn't know how to say it. You know what I mean? Because, you know, it's... The work ethic that we have is like, fuck it, who cares? We just have to keep going. You know? Right. There isn't really a stop button, even though there should be now, especially. Yeah. Um, But go ahead. Yeah. So, I was working uh, on the budget. I... Stood up from... I stood up from the desk where I was sitting down and, and working on the computer. My legs went out. My chest started hurting really bad. Shooting pain in my arm. Fell over in my hotel room. And I passed out. I was out for probably 90 seconds. I feel like I lost about that amount of time. Um, and so I was like, oh shit. What's it? And my head was throbbing. My jaw hurt. Like all the... side because So sidebar... Heart problems running in my family. My dad's had, like, four heart attacks. Um, all of his brothers have died of heart failure. I have hot, super high blood pressure. Like, cardiac stuff is an issue with my family. Yeah. So I'm pretty hyper-aware of that stuff. But I still choose to stress myself the fuck out and make bad, make bad decisions as far as how long I work myself. But, yeah. you know, it's never really been an issue except for, like, me being super tired or whatever. But for whatever reason why well, don't we say for whatever reason? Cause we know the reasons yeah. and it's not the grounds. No, it was just, this is what it just, cause we hadn't even started the movie yet. And the stuff I was dealing with was, with, was not that difficult. It was just a lot of it. But, um, anyway, I immediately was like, Oh shit, I'm having a heart attack. This is it. You know, I'm, you know, so I, and that's what I thought. I didn't think I would wake up honestly, but I did. And then I, I woke up. I kind of, when I came to quote unquote, I actually was expecting to look around and see people paramedics around me you know I don't know how that would have happened but I just figured somebody would, like Chris would have come to the door and knocked or whatever because I felt like I was out longer than I was yeah I, I laid there for a minute started move like I tried to sort of like get up on my side kind of like you're doing a side crunch you know just to see like what I could do you know because I didn't want to try to stand up because my legs had gone out And so my arm didn't hurt as much. It was still sore. My chest didn't hurt as much, but it was still sore. And so I gradually made my way up to my knees and then my legs stood up and I said, oh shit, you know, something just serious just happened. I still am in pain. I still feel like something's going on. I have to get to the hospital, but I could not afford an ambulance. Right. Which kind of was irrational now that I think about it because we actually have really good insurance. It probably wouldn't have been a big deal. But I kind of just, I didn't want to deal with all of it. I didn't want to, because we're staying in the Rio, which is kind of like a complicated place to get through. Exactly. So I just didn't know logistically what that would involve. I thought it might be easier for me to just figure out how to get to a hospital and go to the emergency room. Um, So I was like, okay, let me just see if I can walk a little bit. So I walked around the room a couple times. And at that point I knew where the Uber station was at the Rio. So I was like, you know what? I'm just going to go downstairs find the nearest hospital and i'll uber to it so i make it downstairs wobbling and it's like the, the world is swimming so i everybody in there probably thought i was wasted because yeah. i feel like i was swaying through the casino and stuff Shit. get to the uber stand the guy's like hey buddy how's it going he looks at me and i think i looked bad and i think he probably thought i was drunk too i thought yeah. i was gonna puke in his car but <clears throat> i was like yeah i just go to the hospital he's like oh something wrong and, of course, I'm like, I don't want to say something's wrong because that there may be some, li- maybe some liability thing where he won't uh, take me. I don't really know. So I said, no, I'm just visiting a friend. She's a nurse, you know, trying to make it seem just kind of sexy. Yeah. You know, yeah. <laughs> like maybe I'm drunk and going out for, like, yeah. a booty call or whatever. So he doesn't ask questions. So we get to the hospital. I get to the emergency room. I walk up to the desk. And, I, and, and the, the nurse on duty, and there's a lot of people there, as emergency rooms are. Right. The nurse on duty is like, sir, what's wrong? And I'm like, my chest got..." And he's like, fill this out. And I guess it's because I wasn't passed out or my lips weren't blue. They didn't think it was an emergency. So immediately he was just like, whatever, fill this out. So I filled it out, filled out all the paperwork. I kind of already felt a little bit better because I was in the hospital, but I still felt like shit. I knew something was still going on. So I hand over the paperwork. They they immediately test my vitals and as soon as they saw my blood pressure they're like I hear like they put the cuff on they look at it look at the numbers and, and the guy immediately his attitude totally changed Yeah. and he's like cardiac cardiac to the front cardiac to the front so immediately they rush me back into this cardiac treatment area they put EKG stuff on me yeah. and start doing tests because they're like um, what just happened yeah and so I told them and they are like okay so what's and I mean this like I said people were like swarming around me immediately, because they're waiting for me to go out again at any time, I guess um, so they put the EKGs on me, they run a few tests they they they, they tell me they're going to run more tests, they admit me to the hospital they, let's see, they did the EKG, the EEG they did an ultrasound on my legs to make sure I didn't have blood clots um cat, they did a CAT scan they did a lot of shit, they immediately gave me morphine for my heart um feel like that's when they started giving me nitroglycerin yeah they gave me a bunch of shit in the ivs potassium because i was super dehydrated which burned like a son of a bitch it hurt every time it went in my arm uh i just i remember that vividly um so anyway that first night they they sent a cardiologist in and, it, and at the same time like while this is happening at first they're like oh we need to see your insurance you know and it's like they were being tentative about what they were doing, yeah. and then when they saw our, my insurance, they're like, and "It's like I was admitted to the Golden Gates." Yeah, because my wife Melanie has really good insurance, and I'm on that insurance. And so anyway, whether or not that made a difference, you know, it definitely sort of changed a few things. It seemed like anyway. So by the end of the night, uh, I, I think it was actually the next morning when I really found out. They were they they kind of were just really tentative about what they were telling me and what had happened and what they had discovered from all the tests, the next day, uh, in the morning, they had a, cardi- a different cardiologist come in and basically I had a, what I'll call a serious episode. Yeah. <laughs> a serious cardiac episode. Um, and that's what had happened. Yeah. And they they were like, well, we, we've run a lot of other tests. Your cholesterol's not high. You're fairly young. Like, does heart disease run in your family and I was like yeah you know my dad's had several issues and all his brothers died of that they're like okay well what's your stress level like He's like oh how much time you got and so that they they, they they I did a stress to I had to do a stress test later that day which was very weird um, okay and that's just basically how they gauge how your heart responds to stress and through that through the episode that happened they were, they were like look man you need to really seriously reevaluate how you handle the stuff and what you're doing and uh honestly I think it was the last two or three movies minus sequence break that did it to me Yeah. you know cause those I never really started getting anxious and sick until these last few films yeah. starting at the pizza joint honestly surprise and uh moving, continuing up through the one in Las Vegas, the last one in Las Vegas, because they were just all a mess, they were all super stressful, they all just really pushed me to the limit, I think, Yeah. and I I was experiencing a little bit of that on sequence break, I mean, you guys heard the, even though the movie itself wasn't bad, you guys heard the podcast I did, where I was recording myself every morning, and I was literally sick and felt like shit, I mean, that was real, you know? So I think it all culminated in this. So basically what happened was, I was, they honestly, the cardiologist was like, you need to go home right now. And I said, I cannot do that because I've been hired to do a job. I need to at least be here and facilitate, at least do what I can, is what I'm thinking. Because I'm worried about the money. Because if I go home, (coughs) in my mind, I'm not gonna get paid. So how much is that gonna stress me out? Because I gotta pay rent, I gotta pay bills. Maybe that wouldn't have happened. Maybe they would, you know. Maybe I would have still got paid. Who knows? But I'm not just gonna assume it's gonna happen. Right. So I'm like, I gotta think fi- This is fucked up, but I gotta figure out a way to continue working. And honestly, the hospital is the only place I was at that got free Wi-Fi. Yeah. We had to pay for it in the hotel. Yeah. So I'm still sending emails, replying to vendors. <coughs> I'm kind of offloading people to Chris as much as I can because he can more answer questions like, you know, being in the thick of it at yeah. this point, like about actors and schedule and stuff. I'm trying to do as much work as I can and telling as few people as possible about it, just because I don't want everybody to freak. But also, we shoot. You know, we started shooting on Monday. Monday. Saturday, Sundays when this happens. So I'm trying to still keep everything going. Yeah. As much as I can grease the wheels. Right. And I immediately knew I was like, Chris is going to have to first because these people want me to go home. They're not going to. If I, you know, if I go to a movie set. And try to AD. I'm gonna have another one. Well, there's no fucking way I was gonna let that happen to begin with. Yeah. Like, the second you told me that, I was like, okay, no. (laughs) I already knew what was gonna happen. So, Chris stepped up the first, which means you really didn't have a second. Yeah. Again. Yeah. That seems to keep happening to us. Yeah. Uh, But Chris and Brittany, like, that first couple of days were kind of like moving in and covering all the grounds. Uh, uh-huh. Yeah, literally. Uh, Mark and Mark, the DP, and Emily kind of took over because Mark has had some health issues too. And I've known him for a very long time. So he immediately was like, Brother, like he was more worried about me than the movie. Yeah, he, but I was like, No, 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 focus on shooting this shit. Like, yeah. I appreciate it, but you guys keep going. So he and Emily and Jason kind of covered bits of things and Rich covered stuff. So it was, it was going. Things were happening. Yeah. But, and so basically, I, I was in the hospital Monday, Sunday, Monday, part of Tuesday, I yeah. think. Yeah, yeah. And they did several more tests. They were monitoring me. They made making sure I was okay. They were giving me all my meds. And they were like, "They, really, we, they were, we really want to keep you longer to make sure you're going to be okay. And, and the, the cardiologist was like, either you, you need to check in here for a longer period of time or we need to get you on a plane and get you home, you know, maybe with a doctor at your side. I'm like, how much is that going to cost? Yeah, no shit. But, if, you know, I'm sure we probably would have figured it out. But, yeah, uh, but against their wishes, I was like, no, I need to check myself out because, you know, I, I had shit to do. <laughs> Work <laughs> I ethic. Like, yeah, I need to check myself out and figure out talk it over with my wife figure out what I'm gonna do so I I did I checked myself out on Tuesday they were okay with it but I could tell they were kind of like "Oh, you fucking idiot you know Yeah. but that's what I did and so I checked myself out went back to the hotel at the Rio and then basically for the next three weeks two weeks three weeks, weeks I was trapped in the hotel room and I had to work from there and so Chris would go out Chris and Jason would text me or call me during the day I would be like production management and stay in the room and do all my line producer PM stuff and handle as much as I could from there, which was a lot actually. Like My days were full of work. Like I would get up, I'd wake up at 7, which is pretty much when they would leave. Uh, I'd wake up, start doing paperwork, I'd get super exhausted just from sitting there and working at about noon every day, and then I'd fall out for a couple hours because I had to. And then wake up and then work again until you guys got home Yeah, and then continue working to do the call sheet send it out. So I mean I was still working full days pretty much. I mean low in- as low intensity as possible yeah. on a film set. But shit was still happening. Meanwhile Chris and Brittany are you know, on the set dealing with everything. In the thick of it. In the thick of it. And Chris had to take over. So uh, that was kind of how we started the Curse of the Grounds. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, which it opened, opened up with me collapsing yeah was that the first was that the only no something happened um, before that something happened before that we retro, so they were shooting uh, the, when we were on the road at, on a route to Vegas they were shooting establishing shots with drones and one just stopped working in midair air and Went fell down. straight to the ground straight down straight down so ruined a pretty expensive drone yeah immediately yeah. luckily the camera didn't get damaged but yeah the drone took the hit yeah yeah, it was pretty crazy. What else happened? Uh, let's see. So those are the two things two that things sort of kicked it off. Kicked it off. And then the production starts. Well, oh wait. Then on top of that, yeah. Before you collapsed, yeah. we had what like a men Well, not a menagerie, but we had like several actors that basically just were like we had to replace you. Were oh, right. Like they were replacing as we get yeah, as we're driving one and two days out. Yeah Because people It's just that You know people were Like either their schedules Weren't open Or they didn't like the deal They wanted more money The usual stuff Like nothing personal Yeah or they just didn't like Something that they were Going to have to do Right nudity Yeah Exactly (laughs) Yeah So all understandable But I mean it's like Last minute stuff Yeah and it's like Holy fuck Okay And then Of the actors that we replaced One of them showed up And she was She had laryngitis Yep And she was supposed to Shoot on the first day And had Lines. lines Yep And another one was sick too, right? No, so she shows up for one, like this, so she shows up, she does one day, the next day is a heavy day for her. Yeah. I get a text from her the second I get to set, and she's like, hey, just want to let you know, I have sun blisters all over my lips. She literally could not open her mouth. Yeah. Like, that's how bad it was. And that was from shooting the day before? Correct. Yeah. she wasn't even in the sun that much, like... Well, it's the desert, you know? Well, yeah, but I mean, compared to me, Brittany, Rich, Mark, we were out in the sun all fucking day. She has those bee stung lips, though. They're they're sticking out. They catch the sun. (laughs) Yeah. So, So, yeah. So, it's like, you know, and this is... The reason we bring it up is because it's like, it's not just, I have a cold... Or something that you might not notice. Yeah, it was... She has blisters on her lips. She has she's, And she's blisters. one of the actresses of the movie, so yeah. you can't... Can't shoot her like that. Right. So, flew so that. Yeah. And then, like, as you got in, Like, what, what was the weird shit that started happening as you guys got into it? Um... Well, we... Well... The water leak. We had the water leak. There was a water... So... Because no one had been on, been at the slammer for like it was over almost six months. Yeah, I think it was since the last tenant had been in the place. Yeah, uh, which that also brings back part of the curse. Yeah, that, that pin was that pin was telling us about was that there was so up towards the pink office. If anybody knows knows the slammer who's listening, basically there was a door that had. Cinder blocks and a, huge, a two by four just jammed up against the door. Yeah, and we all thought, "Well, that's fucking weird. Why is that there?" You know, like, and nobody thought to ask. And then finally, one day at Potemkin, I was like, "Let me ask Penn what happened." Yeah. Apparently, the reason that that was there was because some guy broke in, and when he broke in, he put it. He held the 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 old tenant held him at gunpoint. So because that door wouldn't lock. Yeah. So the guy basically put center blocks in a 2x4 and blocked it up, and they never moved it. Yeah. Because all the other doors in the place would lock, except for that one. Huh. So, yeah, that was an interesting thing that happened. But, um, to backtrack, basically, there was a lot of weird shit that was going on. Like, uh, we actually had um, this guy named Jack who was on set, and he was awesome. Uh, he was helping us as a P.A., and basically, he when they built these walls that are for the movie, the way they built them wasn't exactly the way that it should have been done, I would think, because there wasn't really tracks, there wasn't a way to actually keep it on the tracks. It was just kind of a piece of a wall that was built on rollers that would roll back and forth on cement, right? Which is unsafe because it's really windy in Vegas, yeah. And so, when the wind caught one, Jack was actually in there working on them the wind caught one of them and hit him in the back of the head. Yeah. So, he got, he didn't get knocked unconscious or anything like that, but it hit him really fucking hard. Yeah. So, gave him a headache. You know, we made sure he was okay. Everything was alright. Um, and then, let's see. We had some issues with some actors. There were a couple other issues that held us up that shouldn't have held us up, but it happened. You yeah. Know? And so, that was part of, that was, we kind of threw that into the whole curse situation. Right. Typical, like, um, I'm going to my trailer, locking myself in, type stuff Very like. Much so. There were no trailers. Yo. But, you know, you hear these stories right. on other things. The difference is we're shooting a, a movie in 2 weeks. Right. There's no time for we shot, don't like, have you time know, for like, like yeah, any yeah. any t- any money you lose or any time you lose is money just flying out the window. Exactly. You know. Exactly. So, and and I'm getting back. I'm like There was there was literally not a day in the production office where I was like Okay, everything's going fine. Yeah, they had a great day. <laughs> yeah, they had a great day. Like, I'm, And it's, again, not big stuff, but it's just like fires are constantly having to be put out. Yeah. You know? And I mean, I, I'm going to say this, like, all in all, we had a great time. Yeah. We shot a lot of great stuff. Yeah. Like, Obviously, not, it didn't get super stressful no. because I didn't have another heart attack. Yeah, and I'm not, like, talking down on the movie because, honestly, the movie went well. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's just the oh, the camera. The camera. not about that. Thing. Yeah, I knew there's something else like pre-production. Back, go back to the curse. Yeah. So, we rented these. We rented the Ari, the Alexa Mini, and the well, the Amira came in the package just because essentially because of the fact that when our two ACs went to go look at the Alexa Mini, they popped the cap off on the sensor and looked. And there were four deep gouges in the glass over the sensor. Yeah. That basically affected it whenever you put a lens on it. Yeah. So, basically, the Alexa Mini was useless at that point. We ended up getting the Amira in the package because they had brought it up. They were like, you know, this Alexa's kind of fucked. Like, I don't know how we're going to even shoot with this. And so the camera, the guy we rented it from, he said, well, I have an Amira. You guys take it with you just in case, you know. Yeah. You obviously can't use the Alexa. So we took the Amira. We, sh- we shot on the Amira. It wasn't a big deal. But at the same time, you know, we really want to shoot on the Alexa Mini. Because the Alexa Mini obviously is the new camera compared to the Amira. Yeah. Um, anyway, uh, they ended up taking the Alexa back. He sent it off to the... Sent it off to... Ari, they fixed, they fixed that. But then when we got the camera back, then the ND filters that are built inside the camera were just spinning. Huh. So they were broke. Like, somehow in transport or Ari just didn't check it. I didn't hear that. part. That's crazy. Yeah, that's why we ended up not using the Alexa Mini at all. (coughs) Got it. So basically, the NDs were just spinning. They wouldn't actually set. They would just, the motor would just keep spinning them. Wow. Yeah. So... That's why we ended up just having the Amira, and only the Amira. Right. So, that was another part of the Curse of the Grounds that happened. Right. Um, Oh, Penn, during shooting, we're back to these walls again. We were shooting the walls, and in the movie, basically, Penn puts his hand out, he's reaching for something, not gonna give anything away, he's reaching for something, and the wall is supposed to slam on his hand, it's supposed to break, and yada 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 well we do the shoot everything's fine hits his arm doesn't hurt him he's cool but the next take we do it again it still doesn't hurt him instead Pin hurts himself because he's reacting yeah and he doesn't he didn't realize how far back the wall was from his hand so when he reacted he basically just like how do I say it? basically he just skinned his hand across the front of the door Wall. Right, uh, but it wasn't just a skin like he full force punch skinned it basically. Yeah. Um, which is which is kind of scary because his hands that's that's, that's his money his, that's his money maker. Yeah, you know, he's, he's a, magician. a magician. Yeah, so when he did that, I was like, oh fuck, oh fuck, oh fuck, like because he was like, ah, god damn it, that fucking hurt. Like he was really like in pain. Yeah, it was cold outside, so that magnified it. Yeah, so. I was like, okay, maybe, because he wasn't bleeding. He had a couple little nicks, but he wasn't like profusely bleeding. He could bend his hand. I was like, okay, maybe it's not that bad. Maybe it's just because it's cold, it really feels that bad. Yeah. We get him inside, we warm his hand up. He still says it hurts, but he can move it. We're like, okay, let's get some ice on it. That way at least the swelling will stay down. So if because he had a show the next day. Yeah. That way, if you know we can keep the swelling down, that way he can still perform more well, we get done with all that. We, I go back and check on Pitt. He's like, oh yeah, it's fine. He's like, you know, I can work. Doesn't matter. I was like, okay, well, that's a plus. I mean, scared the shit out of us all because it's like, you know, yeah, he's the star of the show pretty much. And even though he did it to himself, it's still, you know, he's a star. You don't want your star getting hurt. Right. So, there was another thing that happened. Uh, I'm trying to think what else as far as curse wise things that didn't happen, not necessarily on the set, but that yeah. day that you, you and Mark were out. Oh yeah. So Mark and I, the director of photography, we, um, I vape, And so basically he was like, Hey, i I'll, I want to start vaping. Yeah. 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 Take me to the vape shop. Show me what to do. I was like, all right, cool. So we went and basically we leave the vape shop and he's like, Hey, you know, even though I want to start, like I still want to have cigarettes on me just in case. I was like, okay, that's fine. No big deal. Whatever. So we go to a we go to a, a closest store, which happened to be a liquor store. And as we pull in, he doesn't see the curb. Yeah. And so, but it's all honesty, I I didn't see it. I kind of saw a glimpse of it, but it sat so low. What it's that place is on a hill. And yeah. Kind of it. It's it is a weird parking lot. So we went up and we basically went over that curb and kind of got stuck. Yeah. I mean, I basically had to tell Mark to floor it to get over it. Yeah. So, cause he drives a Challenger. So basically he hit it, you know, just dug it in basically on the, on the concrete and then came back over. We parked, everything seemed okay. There was nothing wrong with it. I was like, okay, cool. no will be yep. cool. I looked back at this curb and the curb is covered in that. So it's obvious it happens a lot. Yeah. Um, anyway, we go in the store, he gets his cigarettes, we go out, we go back to the car, get in it, and he has one of those... He has a car where, you know, it's keyless. Basically, you just have to have the fob close and you hit start and stop, and it's fine. Right. Well, he hit start and stop, the car wouldn't fire up. Yeah. Mind you, I looked underneath the car. Nothing was leaking. Nothing was damaged. It should fire up. No problem. Right? Yeah. It shouldn't have an issue. I mean, the only thing that it had was a little scuff on the frame, which should not cause it to not fire up. Anyway, so... We do this for like 10 minutes he's trying to fire it up trying to fire it up trying to fire it up finally it was just like you know what this isn't happening he keeps getting a key fob alert on his uh, on the dashboard and I was like you know I think it's time we call you call triple A because he had triple A yeah so he calls triple A I said fuck it uh, Mel texted me right about that time he said hey I'm grabbing a bite to eat you know do you want do you want to meet up we can all eat together and I was like well kind of a problem yeah. And he was like, what's up? And I was like, well, I think where you're going is right across the street from where we are, and we're broke down. Yeah. And so Mel was like, oh, shit, all right, I'll be there. I was like, all right, cool. So Mel pulls up, and basically, you know, we're still waiting on AAA. Finally, Mark talks to AAA. Everything's good. They're on their way. We're like, fuck it, let's go grab a bite to eat. Yeah. That way, once AAA gets here, Mark can just run out and hand the keys off. No big deal. Yeah. We go inside. We eat. We sit down we don't even get to order by the time mark gets the phone call at AAA there which is highly un. it's odd that AAA moved that fast but they did yeah and uh so mark runs out there the guy's like well it won't fire up and he's like no he's like i don't know what the deal is he gets it he's like here i'll show you he gets in presses the button on the car and it fires up no problem <laughs> And Mark's just like, what the fuck? Like, so he stops it, does it again. He said he did it like five times. And yeah. it fired up every single time. So, he tells AAA, hey, don't worry about it. You know, the car's firing up. If it does it again, I'll call AAA again. Yeah. And so the, truck, the tow truck driver drives away. Mark comes in and tells us this. And everything's fine. Yeah. But it was still so weird. Yeah. Very weird. You would just all of a sudden decide, oh, I'm just not going to work. You know, even right. though... You didn't do anything that would have damaged anything. It was just strange. Anyway, that was another thing that was like part of the curse of the ground. And it kind of mirrors what happened eventually with the tank. Exactly. Sort yeah, of. Yeah, then we had the tank issue. So. <laughs> I, I mean, that's the big. There's lots of other little things. Yeah, but that's the big one. Well yeah. Because yeah. everybody saw that. Everybody saw the picture of the tank on Facebook. So basically, tank shows up. Everybody's in awe. It's awesome. Yada, yada, yada. We get ready to do it. To... So basically, this kind of doesn't really ruin anything, but it does, you've already seen the pictures and probably all the videos on Facebook, so you know what it is if you... First of all, the biggest, us. most complicated day is yeah. the only day it rains. Exactly, it pours, doesn't just rain, it pours down rain, Yeah, which is unusual for Vegas. Literally, every guy there, every person there that was a local, they were like, this never happens, yeah. never like this is not the rain we ever get yeah they're like normally we get a torrential downpour for about an hour and then it stops this rained almost all day yeah and it was lightning thunder the whole night yeah so i was having to stop work because i was like guys it's lightning get out yeah. you know get shelter so anyway moving on tank gets there we get ready to go we do our safety meeting we talk about it and i happen to The first time I noticed this is the day, of course, of the tank. I'm walking inside the A-frame of the slammer where the living room, den area is. Yeah. And I'm walking around and I'm like, wow, that's really spongy. That's weird, you know what I mean? And, and, And never thought about it all the other days we were there and inside that room. Yeah. Never, ever thought about it. I was like, man, this is spongy. Are we sure this tank is gonna make it through? And mind you, the night before, we were talking about all this tank stuff, and I was like, well, let's be ready for this. Let's be ready for this. Let's be ready. What if it all comes crashing down, and then we have to stop? Yeah. Because we have to get the guys out. You know what I mean? Like, there are a million things that could go wrong. Yeah. You know, you're running a tank through a house. Yeah. Essentially. Um, Anyway, one of those things was, what if it gets stuck? Right. You know? So... We go through the whole safety meeting. I talk to the tank guys and the demo guys, and I'm like, hey guys, this floor's a little spongy. What's up with that? They are like, well, there's actually a crawl space underneath, and this is coming from the demo guys. There's a crawl space underneath, and it's like a foot and a half down. We've already talked to the tank guys. The tank guys say, if it's only a foot and a half, we're okay, the tank can crawl through. It's no big deal. Yeah. Well, we get ready to go. Uh-huh. Right. Tank gets ready. Tank comes up to the doors. Gets ready to rock and roll. Fly through. Because it goes through the entire apron. Which you can see on the news report. As it's it started to move and stuff. Yeah. Well. <laughs> as we all yell action. And we have. We have like five GoPros going. We have three Reds. Actually had four Reds on that. And yeah. the Amira. Yeah. Full coverage of this thing. Like. Busting through this house. Yeah. We yell action. We hear the tank just firing up, getting ready to go. It. You hear him put his foot down to haul ass, and all of a sudden you just see the front of the wall bulge forward, uh-huh. and then it's just billows of smoke, and you hear the tank just blaring noise, basically. Yeah. And then all I hear over the radio that comes from John, the head, the head tank guy at Battlefield that we were working with. Cut, 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 God damn it! cut. And we were like, I was like, oh, shit. And you can hear it on John, on not John, on Justin's live feed. You can hear me go, son of a bitch, what happened now? Yeah. And so, like, I start to head downstairs, <laughs> and Justin turns to Brittany and goes, I think, I don't think Chris is very happy right now. And yeah. Brittany goes, no, no, he's really not. And so I run back there to and see. And would have had a heart attack again. Right. Right. So I run back there to see what happened. As I come around, I see that it has started to go through the house, but that it now has fallen into this crawl space. Uh And what was a foot and a half, quote unquote, was more like four and a half, five foot deep. Yeah. So it literally has sunken into the ground. Yeah. And there's literally nothing we can do. Yeah. And it's at an angle to top it all off. Yeah. So now all the fuel that's in it, can't reach the fuel pump. So they can't even get it to prime and fire back up. Yeah. So they have to, they have to run and go get diesel. So they go get diesel. So heads up, enemies of America, if you want to, if you want to jack us up. Well, no, this is a Russian tank. Okay. Heads up, enemies of Russia. Yeah, (laughs) yeah. This is totally a Russian tank. So, (laughs) um, needless to say, they go get the fuel. John's sitting there going, I don't know what the fuck we're going to do. Like, this he, he the first words out of his mouth is, who do I whose foot do I have to put in their ass about this shit, and I'm like, um, I don't know. I had no idea this thing was that deep. Right. And he's like, it's the he's like it's the demo guys. It's totally demo guys. That's who I have to fucking kick ass with. Well, yeah, those are the guys that sort of you were. Eric, they're the main point of contact of how do we pull this down? How do we make it happen safely? And what's the best thing to do? Exactly. They're demolition guys. Exactly. So go get the fuel. They finally get to fire up. They're like, all right, let's just see if we can get it to rock back and forth and maybe get out of the hole. That way we can, which we've lost, we've pretty much lost half a day at this point. Right. Like, because, and it's the next to last day. It's the next to last day. And it's one of the most important days. There's a lot of stuff we have to get. Um, so I was just listening back to that. What, what you meant to say was John said, Who's ass do I have to put my foot into? Exactly. Who's yeah. ass do I have to put my foot into right. is what he meant, what yeah. I meant I to I think say we all knew what he yeah. meant, but just to, yeah. So, sorry guys, it's been a long couple of days. Yeah, she's a couple still, of days. Uh, well, a couple of weeks, so I've been kind of recovering. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. So, they get it to rock back and forth, and finally they get it to where it's starting to come back out. But it's still not coming completely out. They can't get it to pop over, right? Yeah. So we're sitting there, and I mean, the hours are just ticking at this point. Like, yeah. I'm just like, fuck. And, and it's raining. And at, is anything being shot? At this point, no. And it's because I, I don't really know why it wasn't happening. I mean, maybe it was, I don't, I don't want to say it's just because I wasn't on set, but they were trying to figure out, they were scrambling because they were like, holy shit, this tank kind of was, a, you know, a dud. Yeah. So they're like, what the hell do we do? Yeah. And so they were scrambling, trying to figure out how to shoot it because, you know, now they have to try to cheat around the fact that this whole house isn't decimated yeah. like it should be. Yeah. So they were trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out, trying to figure it out. And uh, I know Brittany will explain later whenever she gets back on the podcast uh, and tells her side of what's going on with all this tell more detail as to what was going on, but from what I understood, it was just, they were, they couldn't, they just couldn't get their heads wrapped around it. it took a while. Which, I mean, happens. I mean, especially with something like that, you know, and it's and first time directing. Yeah. All, well, like what well, I keep saying, and it's in, all of our movies have this. It's a Hive Chamber scene. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And where that goes back a- to, it gets its name from, like, the end of Closet Space, basically, where we had to do that and think on it. You know, and I had to, and everybody's mind locked up because they didn't understand how the battle was going to go. And people were getting makeup effects was getting done at certain times, and people were kind of like getting tired or getting pissy, and had to shoot them out. So it's like you have to know how to shoot a scene like that with pieces of it not being shot. Right. You know, either you're going to shoot them later, or you shoot one person out or whatever. But you have to know how to piece it together. Right, and that's just hard it's hard it's very hard and, and every movie we've done has had one of those The yep. placeholders that had one of those yep so anyway, anyway yeah so it was just you know it was a difficult day and finally when they figured out how to get it to back out well oh so we had another manifestation of the curse Yeah. this drive right totally did we recorded like Probably what the better part of an hour's worth, because we're sitting in the trip We didn't do this. No longer mentions the traffic jam. Yeah, this does not mention the traffic jam at all. We so, went through so we had a two-part image. curse. So we got stuck on our drive up to go get all of our stuff. We got stuck in a traffic jam for the better part of an hour. Yeah. That was caused by a gigantic accident that set the grass nice. on fire. So I had to clear the accident, then put out the fire. And then when we drove through where the accident was. It's like the fire had spread like yeah. half a mile down the yeah. road. I was like like what all the, the grass fuck? is black. Um, mind you, there's no like the wind is blowing very softly. Like it's not blowing hard. So yeah. how it spread that far, I've no fucking idea. Right. So of course we're like, oh man, we're gonna get great audio. This sucks that we're stuck in a traffic jam. Yep. But let's just keep recording. We yep. get great audio. So we were we spoke and recorded that whole time. Yep. And, and got nothing. Got nothing. Yeah. It literally stopped. Yeah. So, now we're re-recording the ending. Yeah. Another hour. So, we basically got to pick it up from where the tank comes back out of the house. Yep. Uh, Alright, well, take it away. As it's starting to come out of the house. Right. Basically, once they had thought they had figured it out. So, they thought they figured it out, and they were going for it, and basically every time they did it, it would just pop up, and wouldn't get all the way out of the hole, so, finally, John got sick and tired of it and was like, you know what, fuck it, let's just run this thing through the house and see what happens. And I said, okay. He said, well, that sounds like an interesting idea. I was like, but, uh, what, you know, tell me what the chances are of this actually working. Because, you know, this whole time is they're trying to back, rock it back and forth and they're chunking more shit in it. I mean, literally, like, at one point, we were taking palm trees out of the yard and throwing it down in there yeah it was interesting to watch a tank run over a palm tree by the way <laughs> um, pull that off the bucket list yeah if you've ever seen if you've ever seen something just turn into like splinters that's pretty much what happened yeah and like you look at like they were throwing two by fours down there and they would become like toothpicks yeah it was crazy so all this shit's being thrown down in there finally John's like screw it let's just run to the front he convinces me to do so uh, because he's like, you know what, even if we don't go all the way through the first hit, we can back out and go at it again, and we'll get through it. And I said, okay, so that's fine. So we set up, we get everything ready to go. Uh, basically rolling, and I radio to John. like, all right, John, we're ready whenever you are. And he says, okay, cool. Then I hear Nick, the tank operator, and he basically says, all right, I'm getting ready to go. And John says, for it, well... I guess Nick forgot that he had it in reverse and when he floored it he flew out the back and basically onto the patio the way that they wanted the tank to do the whole time. Yeah. Which I remember Brittany actually looked at me and she says well why didn't we just do this from the get go? (laughs) Like just everybody go get in front of the camera and then magically the tank would pop out. Yeah. So after that happened basically we are like alright here's the deal we're just going to leave it out and he basically was like we're going to run it right so we had to get a backhoe with about 40 to 50 maybe 60 yards of dirt and fill in the hole and tamp it down that way the tank could just run straight through so and essentially as you see online you'll see online there's tons of videos you'll see the tank going through the going through the house right that was the curse of the tank. That was the curse of the tank. And then, I guess there were a few other things that sort of happened on set that were just minor yeah. slowdowns. But everything got, started being attributed to the curse of the crowd. Right. Right. Um, and then, of course, as we came home... Yeah. <laughs> um, as we... You know, we kind of talked about this in the beginning, but... Well, first of all, Mark got a ticket. Yeah. Uh, on his way home. Kind of his fault, though. Yeah, kind <laughs> of his fault. Because he was going... 93 miles an hour. 93 miles an hour. Well above posted limits. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you know, things you should do. Yeah. And then we, so, love you, Mark, by the way. The Texas contingent, or the rest of the Texas contingent, uh, which is myself, Chris, Brittany, and Justin, of course, we all just wanted to get home, you know, as quickly as possible, because we're all tired. Yeah. I obviously had just had an or- a medical ordeal. Yeah. I was just looking forward to being at home. So, we decided to leave, uh, Well, we tried to leave. We talked about that before. Yeah. Everybody wanted to go out and have fun. I was ready to leave at seven in the morning, but of course, I gotta wait till ten for everybody to fucking go be Caligula. And but but it worked out. Yeah. So everybody decides, okay, we're gonna meet downstairs at ten at the van, and we're gonna go. Chris and Brittany are down there. Justin is a little bit late, but even before, like even before. We, Ju- we realized Justin was going to be late yeah. I'm already putting out fires from yep. other stuff that had happened Yep. Uh, and if we had gotten on the road earlier there'd be there'd be the a place good place. chance that we would have had to turn around and I'd have to come back because there was probably a good you know 45 minutes to an hour where part of the plan for returning some equipment involved me driving back out to the slammer renting a renting a truck driving it to Los Angeles and dropping it off out. and then flying home so there was just a lot of shit going down right. and we're all we're all myself Jason Emily are all trying to handle because we're trying to wrap up everything and also shit needs to get out of the house because they're about yeah. to like tear it down for real right the rest of the way yep so we actually he, Justin came down and we actually sat there for another hour or so it was about an hour yeah. like solving problems basically yep, yep. uh just equipment retur- ret- return problems wrapping out problems interpersonal issues yeah drama drama um but it all got solved and we could sort of get on our happy way and start heading to Texas. So that first day I drove, I drove us all the way to Amarillo, so that's like 12 hours. Yeah. Uh, no, no, no real issues there, I don't think. Just the usual, you know. This sucks we're driving. It sucks we're driving, yeah. yeah. Uh, but the plan was to go through, <clears throat> we were going to drive straight through because uh, we wanted to get home. So, right. I, I did the first chunk, and then Brittany and Chris were going to take over. Because uh, we were dropping Justin off in Fort Worth. Right. Because he and his wife live in Louisville, which is close. Right. So, then the plan became. So, we thought. So, we thought. Yeah. So, I drive until uh, like 11 at... Well, 11 at night Pacific time. It was like 1 in the morning. Yeah. Central, because we are already we were getting already to that Texas, time zone. Yeah. Uh, and so, Chris takes over. And then... So, I take over and basically... For about six, almost six hours, everything is perfectly fine. Yeah, no problems. Stop to get gas, everything's good. Yeah, and myself, Brittany adjusted, are dead asleep. Dead asleep, yeah. snoring the whole night. Yeah. Right? Uh, so we're driving. I'm perfectly fine. I'm wide awake because I slept a lot whenever we were driving. Whenever you were driving. Yeah just for that reason because I normally a lot of the times when we do these drives I normally do the night drive because I don't mind driving at night even yeah. though it sucks I'll still do it yeah it's 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 become I used to be able to do it but it's become super hard for me to do and I think it's, it's a combination between my eyes getting tired because I wear glasses it's hard for me to see stuff at night but it just no matter how much I've slept if I sleep all day and try to drive a few hours a night, I'll still get sleepy. Right. So it's just, it's not safe for me to do anymore. Right. So that's kind of why I make sure Chris is okay to do it. So that was the plan. That's why I drove all that time during the day so that yeah. they could all rest. Anyway. And even at night, even before that, I was like, I guess I have night shift. And Mel was like, yeah, you do. I was yeah. like, all right, cool. So, you know, I'm driving through the night. Everything's fine. We get to Bowie, Texas. And... I'm like, okay, you know, the left lane is always just for passing, at least when, once you get past Dallas. So, I was like, all right, this car's driving a little slow, because it was, I think it was going like 70, and the speed limit was 75. Yeah. So, I went around, and as I go around, and I'm starting to go, all of a sudden, bang, we just hit something. And, uh, yeah, it was a, a lovely, lovely little deer. Yeah. little, I mean, not fucking little at all. Yeah. But, um, yeah, if we had been driving a lower slump car, it would have been in our windshield. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yeah. So, I mean, you know, the reality is, like, it was either hit the deer. Like I said before, it's either hit the deer hit a car. I chose the deer. Um, so, it sucked. <laughs> and then we were down for, like, yeah five hours. Yeah, we were down because... Uh, so, we it happened in Bowie. Fortunately... There was an Enterprise location that was in Decatur, which is about twenty-five miles south of Bowie. So we were able to switch like get a different vehicle. The problem is they didn't have any vans. Right. Hence our current situation. (laughs) So uh, basically Enterprise set up a record to come get the van. Justin's wife left Louisville to come get him. And so basically she came to get Justin where we were at. I rode with them down to Decatur, which is the direction they were headed anyway, to the Enterprise location. Got a different vehicle, which was a car, it was a Nissan uh, Altima, which was only big enough for me, Chris, Brittany, and then our bags. Yeah. So all of our production equipment had to stay in the van. All the tables we brought, the lights. lamps, the lights, uh, yeah. printer, like there's a great deal of stuff still there. Yeah. Uh, but we just wanted to get home, and that seemed like the best option. So we drove that home. And now, that's why Chris and I are headed back up yep. to get the rest of the stuff, because we have my Saturn, which we fit all this stuff in before. A thousand times. A thousand times, so. As long as there's no one in the back seat. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, I'm sure we'll post a picture of this lovely dough that we hit. Yeah. Um, some point it destroyed the front of the van like the yeah it, it busted the radiator which is why we couldn't drive it took the grill off it took the grill off we also i think we ran over a part of it i just don't it doesn't look like it yeah which is shocks me but i think we ran over part of it because it destroyed the the hub cap but then it also in the in the actual hub of the wheel It there's actual hair like you can see the fur yeah in one of the pictures that I took so yeah pretty crazy i mean because when justin and i just while we were down as soon as the sun came up i said fuck this i'm gonna go see what the hell this was because i thought it was a deer but i'm like i want to see what the hell we hit yeah so justin i get out and justin's like all right he's like i'm gonna go i guess he told you i have to go with him yeah so justin comes running up behind me and he's like, he's like, hey, let's go see this fucking deer. And he's all excited. I'm like, all right, you sure yeah. it's a deer? He's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure. I was like, I think so, too. So we walk up. And I mean, maybe a quarter of a mile. I don't even want to say it was that far. Yeah. And we walk up. And I'm like, well, there's a whole bunch of blood splatter on the road. Yeah. And he's like, yeah, wow, what the fuck? And so we walk over across the highway which in Bowie is not a big deal at all yeah across the highway we go we look and there's like a huge rut where originally I thought well that's where it like hopped off to die yeah but then after we talked about it it was like oh shit maybe it didn't hop off it maybe it was just looking, through the rolling grass. through the grass yeah because there was blood I mean everywhere yeah like, and uh which I have pictures of all that too maybe we'll put those up yeah um, yeah, was, yeah, there was blood everywhere. I was surprised that it was still as intact as it was. Yeah. Because like what I imagined like I imagined an impact like in Br- Bride of Chucky. Like yeah when a kid gets hit by the semi, yeah. boosh, yeah. As it explodes. Well and that's because you, you hit the shit out of it yeah. Like <clears throat> what I keep saying is So we were all dead asleep. Wow. I woke up to impact, Chris freaking out. I just started cursing. Yeah, fuck fuck fuck, 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 fuck. Because I thought, and I put my arms up to brace myself, because I thought we'd be spinning through the air. Like yeah. I just assumed it was gonna be an accident. Yeah, we hit something, we're flipping. I'm gonna be weightless for a while, and then like dead, paralyzed, <laughs> yeah, dead, <laughs> no, you know? dead. Yeah, uh, but no, we, you know, just kind of skidded to the side of the road. And then I was like, oh, maybe it was just a flat. Yeah, and that went through my head because yeah. you could hear this is the thing, you know. Yeah. But it was the other shit dragging. Yeah. Um, at that, that's when you're like, I hit an animal. Yeah. Like, oh fuck a deer! And I expected it to be in the car. That's what I thought. I yeah. thought we were gonna walk around and like see the head just fucking sitting there. Freaking yeah. Right at and and twitching. Yeah. Like, but no. No, nothing. It, there was nothing. I was like, where? Where? I was like, I know I didn't hit a car. Like, because yeah. I even looked down the road. There was no car. There was no nothing. Like, and that's how quick it was. Like, I had no idea what I hit. Yeah. I could only think it was an animal because there was no car in front of me. There was nothing like that. And I was wide I mean, wide fucking away. So there yeah. was no car in front of me. So I knew it had to have been an animal or it was a blowout. And yeah. when you said, like you said blowout and I was like, I think I hit an animal. Like I'm almost pretty sure I did. Yeah. And so, you know, once we got out and looked at it and it was like, well, let me go fucking find this thing. Yeah. See what the hell we actually hit. So Yeah. Just, we were down for a few hours as we did the, all that stuff. Yeah. Um, I went to Decatur to get the car. Yeah. Chris and Brittany <laughs> decided to walk to, like, because we're we're riddle. I mean, we we were on the other side of the highway from a Ford dealership. Ironic. Ironically, because the van we were driving was a Ford. Yep. Um, but there's not much else out there. There's a couple of buildings that were like, maybe something's there, but maybe not. not- not super chainsaw but close. It was getting there. Yeah, so Brittany and Chris decided to walk down to, for shelter, you know, somewhere to hang out, because it was going to take me a good hour to get the yeah. car and come back, because it's 25 miles away. So, you guys... So we start walking down this road, and we literally thought, okay... Let's just go up to the store. It says pecans in big writing. We're like, yeah. well, maybe that's just. And, you a, know, you're from Texas, you know what that means. Yeah. That's like a general store or right. like maybe a, it's just a gas store. station, get some jerky. Yeah, exactly. Sit down and have some jerky. Maybe, maybe some fudge if you're lucky. Yeah, right, maybe. Yeah. And so, like, we've passed going back now several times on the way back. Right. Um, but so we start walking that way, and I'm like, huh, this place is really starting to look actually abandoned and not an actual store. Right. And so, I just remember looking over at Brittany, and I was like, you know, this is normally how a horror movie starts. And it's like, we're stranded, we have all our luggage, and we're walking up basically to an abandoned building. I was yeah. like, if I hear a chainsaw or a saw, I'm going the other way. Yeah. Fuck this place. like. Yeah. And Oh, and there was the typical Texas oil fucking, um, the, not the mine, but the oil cooler. Uh What the fuck do they call it? Um, the Derek? Yeah, the old Derek. okay, yeah. So, like, it was just sitting there doing it. Yeah. I was like, wow, all we need is a flare, and we have the new Texas Chainsaw Massacre movie. Yeah. So, we're walking up, and the closer and closer we get, like, it just is apparent that this is an abandoned place. Yeah. Brittany's like, you know, it's getting kind of close to Halloween. Yeah. And I was like, yeah. There's no jerky to be had here, yeah. unless we're jerky in the making. Exactly. <laughs> so... We get there, you know, we're kind of standing out in the middle of the front of the place. We're looking around, and there's no real place to sit. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I, I don't know about this. And so I walk, up to the, I walk up to the two doors, and I look through, and it looks like a resale shop. And I was like, okay, well, it's probably a resale shop. Maybe there's a door open. So I tried to open one of the doors, and it was locked. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? And then Brittany points out, oh, hey, that sign says closed Tuesday. Thursday yeah of course it's fucking Thursday yeah so it's Thursday maybe that was what that was all along yeah that's what the uh, that's for the that's a deep cut for the constant listeners yeah friends of the station exactly Um, so so anyway but yeah so anyway we we end up basically she, she we had we saw the Ford dealership several times and we were like okay at first, we were like, that was our first thought was, let's go to the dealership. And I was like, oh, let's go to this complex. Maybe it's just a store. Yeah. Well, we ended up trekking over a highway. This shows you how, like, out of nowhere, in the middle of nowhere we were. We went over a highway, essentially, with no traffic. Yeah. And uh, we went over to this Ford dealership. We walked in, and the guy literally was like, oh, hey, how's it going? And, like really had a look on his face like what the fuck are you like are you homeless like what are you doing here yeah and so we told him hey you know we were in the van we were in the white van that was stalled back over there back down the road he goes oh you guys he was like let me guess a deer we're like how the fuck did you know you know like he's like that shit happens all the time and uh so yeah that's that's pretty much where we ended up yeah I think you had the same thing when I went to the Enterprise and I told him like know was like, yeah, we had an accident. They're like, oh, uh, or, you know, she had another car. No, and they're like, oh, deer. Like, I was like, yeah, that's exactly what happened. Yeah. And they said that that's like the tenth, the tenth rental that they've had come in recently with deer damage. And this is like enterprise rental in BFE. You know? Yeah. Um, and. So it's either it's either deer damage. They've had four that have been damaged by hogs, people running into hogs, and one that was damaged by a cow, God. which was interesting because I think you'd dog, be able to dodge yeah, a cow, but think. maybe it was a particularly fast cow. Yeah. So or anyway, it was just in the middle of the road. Yeah, it's you know the, we're in the country that's it happens. Yeah. But it set us way back because yeah, I was gonna something. get we we're gonna get home about 10 a.m. 11 yeah, a.m. 10 or 11. And I was gonna have that whole day to well sleep a little bit, but also reconcile the budget get everything going, because there's still stuff that's happening on the movie. Right. Wrapping stuff up, wrapping people out, paying people. Right. Maybe a couple of reshoots in LA, pickups. Yeah. So, it kind of just threw us all off, and then now, because we had to downsize to a smaller vehicle, we're having to do this, so this blows my Friday. Yep. So, yeah. Fun stuff. Yep. And Thanks, this Weekend. this weekend is my anniversary and Halloween, so not like... I mean, I could theoretically have time to do this stuff this weekend, but I'm not gonna. Yeah. Because I almost died, and I'm gonna enjoy my life while I can. Exactly. <laughs> so I won't be getting back to it till Monday. So it just kind of threw us off for a, a few days. days. Yeah. The other, uh, the other life lesson here for all you fellow listeners out there that are considering driving somewhere for a movie. Yeah. Uh, we actually just discovered this just, and made that decision. Yeah. Uh, if you're gonna drive and there's an option to pull over for the night just do it yeah just do it break don't, up the drive stop don't yeah. do it straight through because the time that we would have hoped to gain we quickly lost yeah in a matter and, of minutes yeah even seconds yeah uh-huh. so it, yeah i mean moving forward that's exactly what we'll be doing yeah it? just stop, just stop. sleep it's better for all concerned yeah and it's not as stress i mean it's 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 very strenuous on your body yeah, yeah, totally. Like that's one because even if you are sleeping house. in the truck, you're sleeping in a truck. Yeah, you're not getting it's a full not, rest. Yeah, that is no way to sleep. No. So yeah, it's brutal. But uh, what what did we mention before that we might have not touched on this time? Uh, uh, we talked we talked a little about the rain stuff because we yeah. I, I brought up how because we we were trying to think of other cursed things. Yeah, the rain was not. That was the that was something that I was like oh. you thought we all thought would be yeah that was th- I thought that would be your hardest night and although I'm sure it was difficult because I remember staying up that night because I was waiting for you guys to call me to put out fires yeah because it was an overnight shoot and I definitely could not be there right. but I was trying to stay up as long as I could yeah. Uh, yeah. to uh, be there to mitigate whatever happens as much as possible yeah. so but it ended up going okay considering. And yeah. then the next night was interesting. We talked about that because you had to flip-flop yeah. what we shot. Yeah. Because that was a night that Penn had to work, had to go to the shit, do the show with yeah. the Tell her. Because at the Rio, you know, Saturday through Wednesday, he does shows. Right. And then Thursday, Friday, is darkness. Right. So, you know, we had to work around all that. There were some days that we couldn't do that. So... Yeah. So it's like initially all of his night stuff... Well, anytime he shot on the days the show was up, he had to be out by 6.30. Right. Anything he had to shoot at night, most of it we tried to put on Thursdays and Fridays because he was off, but that didn't work for everything, and also there were other things he got booked for on Thursdays and Fridays because those are his days off, so those that's the days he gets booked for stuff in L.A. Right. To go shoot. Like, he had to leave to go do a Rob Lowe thing. Right. Uh, So those days kind of got pulled away a little bit, so we had to schedule this one night on this Saturday where you shot... The last half of the scene first. Exactly. And then shot the first half of the scene with him when he arrived after the Penn and Teller show. Right. So how did that go? Really well, I mean, for I mean, other than, you know, like Rich having to like he had to get his head I mean it was another hive chamber situation. He yeah, had to get his head wrapped around the fact that okay, you have to figure out where everybody's gonna be placed. Yeah, Rich is the director, Rich, Rich is the director. Correct, Rich Nathanson. Nathan's. You have to figure out where everybody's placed, where they're gonna be. And then you have to get them to that point from the ending to that point before pen. Went right. And pen so you have to like standard. yeah, figure out their, their twos and then work it's backwards to their points. ones. Yeah. yeah, right. Well that that almost would be their threes. Right. Yeah. Because they're fucking you know, they're found doing stuff playing. in the first bit Right. and then move to the sexy right. stuff. Yeah, the sexy, weird, crazy stuff. So it'd be like their sixes and their nines. Exactly. Yeah. Uh huh. Yeah. So uh but no, um and that it rentes Went okay. Uh, I, w- I won't say it wasn't complicated because it totally was. And trying to keep your head wrapped around all that was even more complicated. Yeah. But we got everything that he wanted. Yeah. So um, it worked out, and he was really happy with it. Penn, of course, as always, knocks it out of the park. Yeah. Because yeah. memorization and, is his yeah. thing. Yeah, I mean, I said it the first time. Literally, yeah, you did. Literally, I said this too was that. He could be, you know... We could cut, and then we wanted to do a pickup of a certain part. And all we had to do was tell Penn, okay, these two words. He goes, got it, no problem. And would go right into it and nail it. So, I mean, fantastic guy to work with. Like, truthfully enjoyed every minute of it with Penn. Yeah. Um, oh, and I didn't really talk about his... That whole Lucky bit. Lucky's one of the ca- one of the actors and uh, Well, that's his character. His character. character yeah. Name. yeah. Um, so, anyway... That whole monologue too was just outstanding. Yeah, like just crazy and weird. And well, like, that was a scene that we thought was gonna be complicated. Yeah, and, and it, it was like the easiest be, one of the easiest things you shot. It turned out to be really easy and awesome. Because Penn has to be like he's he's giving a monologue, he's playing the bass. Yep. And there's also other stuff happening in the crazy scene. Crazy stuff. Happening. Crazy stuff happening. But he came in and nailed it. And we were kind of worried about that in pre-production. Like, yeah, I remember there were several conversations between myself. The director and the producer on whether or not we should pre-record that bit. Yeah, it's play, play it back and do it to sync. Right. To make sure it worked. Right. Because even Rich, Rich and Penn even told me after they did it one, because they did one take and Penn was and Rich was like, "This is awesome. I don't want to do another one." Yeah. But Penn was like, "Wasn't this the one that we were worried that it was going to take me like twenty takes?" Yeah. And Rich was like, you nailed it one." perfect yeah and it was like that just goes to show you like what Penn can really do well he's a pro exactly. like he, he's been a sh- he's been at showbiz for 40 years yeah yeah so and he's always i mean and he goes above and beyond like he doesn't you know it's not just he's not just there to do his job like he's there to do his job And anything else he can do to help i mean like so this year i missed my mom's birthday because we were shooting because we were shooting which i have i hardly ever missed my mom's birthday so, I walked up to Penn, and I said, Penn, you know, I miss my mom's birthday. It'd be really cool if you wouldn't mind just giving her a shout-out shout, out, shout out and saying, you know, happy birthday. And he was like, yeah, yeah, that's fine. Just roll the camera, whatever. And so, uh, we turned on the camera. I literally just expected him to say, happy birthday, Adele, yeah. from, Penn and, from Penn, from Penn & Teller. Yeah. Absolutely not. Like, he went above and beyond Yeah, that. he did like, a whole bit. A whole bit, which you can see on my Facebook page if you really want to see it but literally went above and beyond and was just awesome, you know, like... And, like, you could tell the rapport. You were talking about this last time. Too. Yeah, you could see on the video that you guys had a rapport. Yeah. And that he wasn't just, like... You could just tell he liked you and he was happy with how things were going. Yeah, that, that led into this. Like, I was, yeah. the night... So, there was a night that I got hard... Are we still recording? I'm making sure, yeah. Okay, there was a night that I got hard-headed as, my, as is in my character. Work ethic. To go up to set even though I just mentioned earlier it was like I was kind of warned against it yeah. and the people on the movie were like don't do it because I, I kept asking guys should I come up there and help No. and you're like no no Jason would be Jason would be like I don't think that's a good idea yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know so it was understood that I should not do that but I felt kind of useless although I wasn't really I was doing a lot of shit like my days were full for sure but it was paperwork full it's not the right. same right you know and it didn't scratch the edge. So one night I had, a, I actually had a bunch of paperwork to chase down, and I was, and I just figured, hey, I'll take an Uber to set. If I get, if it gets bad, I have all my medicine. I can have someone rush me to the hospital. Found it in the nearest hospital, you know, it will be fine. And we, I knew that the PA had to do a run back to go get an actress. Right. So I knew that I'd have a ride back to the hotel. Right. So um, I get a <laughs> funny side story. I didn't mention this the first time. I'm glad we recorded yeah. this. <clears throat> so I get in the Uber, and it was, uh, I, the, the guy wasn't very talkative, which I prefer. I prefer to just kind of like chill because I'm answering emails on my phone and stuff and kind of being hyper-aware of my my health and my breathing and my heart rate because the walk down from the rooms to the Uber stop at the Rio or the garage is a long walk. It's a big fucking place. Yeah. It's, it's airport size. Yeah. So that takes a lot out of you. Normally, it takes a lot out of me because I just had all that shit happen. So I'd really have to like monitor myself. So I was trying. I was trying to like kind of pay attention to how I felt when I got in the car and relax for the ride. So I prefer people don't talk to me. Right. And I'm answering emails. And so he's just driving. He's doing his thing. We get closer to the neighborhood, and uh, as we get closer, I could tell he's like, okay, I'm gonna be. I'm gonna I'm gonna add a little extra. Yeah. I'm gonna work for that Uber tip. Yeah. And, or I think it was Lyft. So the Lyft tip. Yeah. And I'm gonna give them a little local flavor info. Yeah. And, uh, him into a little Las Vegas information. So the Uber or the, the Lyft driver turns around and he goes, Hey, so you ever heard of Penn and Teller? And I, in my mind at the time, I was like, Okay, I can go two ways with this. <laughs> I can play dumb. Right and make him feel stupid maybe when I get out of the car which is not really my goal but I was like maybe it's funny you know yeah. it'll be a laugh or I could just like come clean but if I come clean we'll probably have to talk about it and I'm right. going get tired but I was like well I'm not going to be a dick right now like I'm just going to for once in my life yeah. <clears throat> I'll just tell him and he's like, So, you ever heard of Penn and Teller? And I was like, Yeah, you're taking me to Penn Jillette's house right now. <laughs> he's like, Oh, what? Really? Yeah, I was going to tell you how his house is out here and it's real crazy and it's a local landmark and people go to. And I was like, Yeah, we're going to destroy it yeah. in a couple of days. Yeah. And he's like, What? And he's like, You know, that's it's so famous. People go out there all the time. I was like, Yeah. And I kind of, by that point, it was like fun. And I was like, Okay, well, here's what's happening with the movie. He's tearing down the place. He wrote a movie around it. And so, yeah, we're, that's where you're taking me. Yeah. We're shooting with him today. I have some stuff to take care of and he so he was like oh man that's awesome crazy good luck like you know and he started asking me all the questions people always ask right. how long have you been doing it yeah. blah, blah blah which yeah. but it was fine I wasn't that feeling that bad so it was cool and then when I got it was perfect time because when we pulled into the driveway by the gate yeah. the, the keypad where everybody parked right Right at that point, uh, two of our actors were getting out of their cars. Yeah. As soon as I opened my door, they're like, "Oh, Bill, producer on set!" So it, like, maybe feel like a real badass. And I know <laughs> the guy heard it, so I'm like, "Yes, perfect timing." Nice. Uh, and they were the actors were happy to see me too because we had all previous to that my first big outing after everything went down was we all we got we all got comp tickets to the Pennateller show yep. on what night was that the Sunday the Sunday the first Sunday we got off the first Sunday we had off so it was a week into shooting exactly so it was a week after I had my episode pretty much and I was like I'll test it out see how I feel this will be my night out and I was fine I felt a little crappy but it wasn't bad it was nice to see everybody so that's when I met a lot of the people that I'd only been talking to via email they're all super supportive super happy to see me super glad I wasn't dead which is awesome yeah uh, so anyway, they knew who I was. So that was pretty cool. But anyway, I get to the set, and I'm just kind of walking around. I'm trying not to go upstairs, which is hard to do at that house, uh, especially because that's where you guys were shooting when I arrived. But I waited it out. Jason was like, what are you doing here? Yeah. Like, I've got paperwork to do. Trust me, I'm fine. And um, I even I even saw you was like, what the fuck? And you were like, I'm cool. Honestly,
1: yeah, everybody was like, oh, my
0: God, what are you doing and then the PAs were like, do you need a radio? I'm like, oh, no, I'm not staying that long. Yeah. I would love to, but it'd be a bad idea. Yeah. Um, so, anyway, I was walking around, and it's when, then you guys moved to start shooting this stuff with a boy outside the gate. Yeah. So, Pen was hanging around monitor a lot. We were talking. He was asking how I was, making sure I was okay, and then we started focusing more on the scene at hand. And so Penn was like, so do you think we're getting everything we need? I was like, Yeah, I think so. He was like, take a look. And you guys were doing the lightning strikes. He's like, Oh man, that looks so good. Yeah. And then he would have constant questions about what was going, what was coming up next, what we were doing. And you were out front, so you weren't answering them, but either Jason or Brittany or myself had a quick answer. Yeah. So he he immediately was like, Oh wow, you know, my movie's in the right hands. Yeah. Like you could tell he was comfortable with the team we had assembled. Right. And was okay with it, basically. And he and Rich talked for a minute, and you could tell that there was... You know, we were just in a good spot. Right. So, he... I think he quickly realized that things were going okay. Yep. Things were going well. And it, it was, and, But at the same time, it was still going to be tough, yeah. but we were going to get it done. Exactly. And that's what happened. Yep. Pretty much. And all thanks to our amazing crew that we brought on, well, that you brought on. Yeah. all wow. well, thanks to our amazing line producer, yeah. who, even operating at fifty percent, did an amazing job. Absolutely. Yeah, I'm not going to pat myself on the back too much, but uh. But no. I mean. But yeah. It's, well, the reason is because we hired all the our top picks. Yeah. From We're all the veterans. past stuff we've worked on, yeah. the veterans, the the heavy hitters, yeah. and assembled like the perfect crew. And the people we had to hire locally, I put through an extensive hazing process. Right. So I made sure they weren't crazy or passive-aggressive or um, just pieces of crap, yeah. basically. Like, I mean, I can't tell you how many people I talked on the phone, and I was asking weird questions. And they're like, so what does this have, <laughs> what does this have to do with the job? And I'm like, oh, no, I'm not worried about whether or not you have lavaliers. You're a sound guy. You better have five leaders. What I'm worried about is if you're a psychopath. Yeah, and if I'm going to have to deal with a bunch of crazy shit. Right, and Jason ended up being fucking awesome. Yes, he was. Yeah, so... <laughs> the fan fucking cast. That's, the, again, you guys need to pay attention to that kind of stuff when you hire people because, you know, that's... that's When you get in those tough situations, yeah. that's what's going to really make the difference. How sure. How is your crew working together, communicating with one another, and just generally, like, in... Informing the morale Of the rest of the crew Right yeah. um, And you know Everybody Everybody that we brought in Locally was awesome The, the PAs yeah. The makeup, makeup. Yeah uh, Makeup girl Katie Was awesome I would totally bring Katie out Yeah those all those these people, people I would bring oh, yeah. to Texas To shoot stuff Yeah for sure <clears throat> And then everybody else Was like I said Our top Our selects from Other shit Ken of course Paints with light. <coughs> yeah They've Ken Whiting our, our gaffer You know Will be our gaffer For the foreseeable future I think as Mark liked to call him the gaffing wizard, the gaffing well, he had that name before. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, I think he started making Mark call him that because he called himself the pizza wizard. He was the pizza wizard, and so him. Mark became started calling him the gaffing, gaffing wizard. Yeah, so but yeah, yeah. He, is, he is a wizard, he's a badass. And uh, big thanks to Cinemills who gave us yeah. the hookup on those Sufa lights, those amazing Sufa lights. Uh, I guess you talk about how you guys use those, yeah, and, like the specifics about them. Yeah, I mean, it's truthfully awesome. like... 5,000 watts of light that, you know, used to... You would have to plug into a generator, and then you have to worry about sound and all the other bullshit that goes along with it. And now, you can just plug them straight into house power. Yep. 5,000 watts. Like, that's a lot of fucking light that you can plug into house power now. All because of the LED technology, which is awesome. Um, but yeah, I mean, literally, there were some days where we had to add add more light because we are losing day so fast. Yeah. Because, I don't know if you all know this, but in Las Vegas, it's not like when you're shooting in Texas in the flatlands where the sun can go, the sun has to go all the way down over the horizon for it to be truthfully dark. Right. Where in Vegas, the second it hits the mountains, that orbits the mountain, it's over. Yeah. There is no more sunlight. Um, so, we were actually having to use the Sufas a lot to push daylight just so we could shoot longer. So, it was pretty awesome to see that, you know, two of those lights could do that kind of work and do it well. Yeah. And, um, I mean, obviously, you know, it took Ken and Mark to figure out how to make that happen. But yeah. still, they did a fantastic job with it and, Yeah. And the lights did a fantastic job themselves. Yeah. And they're waterproof to a degree. Yep. Yep. so that's that's a forward, like it wasn't a big deal to use them during the rain uh, we actually did use them during the rain because okay. it was a lightning storm
1: oh okay so right because during right. a
0: lightning storm you can't uh, not, not the actual rain oh the rain the, the, fake the rain, rain effects yeah, yeah. yeah we did during the fake rain yeah and it wasn't a problem at all yeah I mean obviously we didn't want them getting soaked but yeah know, they they're not, I don't think they're completely waterproof but yeah. you can use them the details are on their website. I don't want to speak out of turn, but you can go check them out. Yeah. The company's awesome. They've been very supportive. Cinemills.com. Yeah, you can go. It's Sufa S-U-F-A. LEDs. Um, they gave us a great deal on them. Uh, we got some great pictures with Penn with the lights. Yeah, the, and he kissed them. Those yeah, it was the whole crew with the lights, really. But yeah, they were they were definitely the stars among the equipment. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Yep. But uh, yeah, I mean, all in all. We had an amazing crew that just came through, came through in a pinch, you know, and were down to do whatever, and didn't complain, didn't bitch, you know, we're just like, nope, we're here to work, whatever we gotta do. Yeah, you know, when we there were done. days where they could've easily complained and bitched, oh, yeah. 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 Like, in, like any shoot. Like yeah. any shoot, there were days where they could've been like, man, why are we here, what the fuck, you know, like, didn't once, like, not once. Yeah. So, truthfully awesome and great crew. And I think it's a and testimony to, how, to how good the crew was is that people independently of one another and people that I don't know came up to me or emailed me and made a point to email me and tell me how awesome the crew was. Yep. And they're like, I love this crew. This is amazing. A few of them were lost because they didn't know anybody. So right. a few of them were Vegas people. And that's just a lot to me because I'm piecemealing this crew together from Texas, Vegas, California, California, you know, or California via Texas, like, yeah. Park, you know, um, and while I've known a lot of these people <clears throat> for a long time, a lot of them, a great deal of them, have not worked together ever. Right. So for it to gel like that, and then Rich is a first-time director. Yeah. You know, so for it to gel like that, including the shit that happened in the beginning where Chris is thrown into the lion's den. I was supposed to AD, but I couldn't. And hits the first, and now he has no second. Like, all that stuff happening. Yep. It's still... Yeah, it's still gelled. Yep. you know and still worked so well so and made a movie in two weeks that, that was logistically like, challenging yeah it looks like we did it in a month and a half yeah you know what I mean like yeah so I'm pretty with all the caveats caveats being me not being able to experience as much of it as I would have liked right. or a few budgetary things you know that we're dealing with that aren't big deals but still like it's a it's a experience that I'm extremely proud of exactly and proud of making I like I I think it almost says more about how good a job I did that I wasn't there and it worked right (laughs) you know what I mean like I'm like wow okay well this really shows me how well these people work together without dad there yeah you know and again I'm not trying to say that to suck my own cock I'm just saying like I was worried about it yeah like when I when I went down for the count I was stressing like how is this gonna work none of these people I never contacted any I had been the main point of contact yeah for people like Katie and Jason and even Josh to an extent up till he really started building stuff. Right. You know, so how's that going to work? How's the transfer of power going to go? But no issues. Stepped right in. No problem. Yeah. No, no problem. And everybody worked together to, to serve the film. Exactly. Because that's what it was about. That's always what it should yeah. be about. What well, it should be about. Yeah. It should be about serving other people. It should be about or serving. your ego. Or your ego. It should be about serving the fucking film. Yeah. Yeah. So and that's one thing that I feel like we stress a lot when we talk yeah. about things. It's not it's not about any other bullshit. Like you're serving your job is to serve the film. Your well right, yeah, job. look, and again, like, I don't mean to get on the cross, but I was in the hospital, I still came out and kept working on the movie. Yeah. You know, people are bitching about less stuff, lesser yeah. things. We are what we're doing now yeah. is serving the film. I mean, you know, it's sure we're going to get our stuff, but it's still you know, it's, it's the stuff we used on the film. Yeah, it's, that, that we, that we took, that helped yeah. us, but that we took and didn't charge for. Exactly. And, you know, that's on me, I guess, but we also got paid pretty well for this. Exactly. So, I just, the way I look at that is I have these things. Why spend extra money on these things? We need them extra money other places. Right. It's fine. No big deal. Don't have to worry about a kid fee for all my shit. Exactly. You know? And it wasn't a big deal at yeah. all. Like it. So, anything to help the movie be better and help everybody have a better time making the movie and make the best possible movie we can and everything like that matters like even if it comes down to you having an extra table you can playing. bring right and that table is what is used for crafting really, right somehow somehow it's gonna have a trickle down effect on something that is either gonna cost you time or money if it's not there yep so yep. and what's a table I mean come on yeah like it's not like you're you know loaning out millions of dollars it's just a fucking table like, right it's not a big deal so how were, um, we actually haven't talked about this, but that last, I think it was the last, it was one of the tank days, the last two days, yeah. you guys had a bunch of investors visit the set. Yeah. Was it the last, the very last day? Uh, so there's like 20 extra meals ordered. Yeah. Well, Would you remember, you remember investors being there? I remember the investors being there. That, and that was the day that the tank didn't actually go through. Okay. Well, I mean, how did that go? Like, were they happy? Were they... They were fine. I yeah. Mean, you know, they, they get it, things happen. Yeah. Uh, they weren't upset. Yeah. Some of them came back to watch the second day to watch it actually go through. Right. Um, but all in all, I mean, I think Jason heard a lot of good things. I'm pretty sure Rich did too. Yes. Yeah. And I remember Rich walking up to me at least once and he said, you know, I want to let you know the investors seem really happy. They, they see what they see what's going on. They're really happy with how it's moving yeah. and everything else. So And that is a testimony to you. Well, because that that well I mean that's why he went told you that. Like yeah. who runs the set? The AD. Yeah. Should. Yeah. It doesn't AD. always happen. Yeah. Yeah. You know. And I'm not trying to jerk myself off by any means. I'm just saying that's what he said. Yeah. You know. And uh, even though that day, like that day alone, I spent a lot of time dealing with tank bullshit. You know yeah. what I mean? Because it wasn't going through and because there was a safety there was a whole bunch of safety issues. Right. And so, and we had a lot of people on set, and there were a lot of people that weren't listening, you know, like, there were things to worry about. Yeah, well, falling people ask. People, people get, like, mesmerized by cool shit. Yeah. And they, they start acting like kids, you know? And they get complacent about everything. Right. So, they, because you can even see it in the videos. Exactly. Because people are like, oh, wow, it's a tank. And yeah. they, they kind of lose their minds a little bit. Exactly. So you have to really be on top, extra on top of it. Exactly. So, like I said, at the end of the day, it's, uh, it was a lot of fun. And the investors were happy. Everybody else was really happy. Even though the tank didn't go through that day. You know, they were just like, no, I mean, it looks like y'all are really getting a lot of good stuff. Everything looks really well. Yeah. Um, you know, and. Think all in all, you know, I think they just saw that we all meshed. We all worked really well together. Well, it's clear that you guys were—it was a professional crew working on a professional product. Exactly, and that at the end of the day, what's even funny about that is we were down a million. Yeah. We were down Ken at that point. Yeah. So Mur- I mean, Berto, Roberto had to step up. Yeah. We should probably tell the, the what. Oh yeah. Fill yeah. that in because that's kind of funny. Yeah. So, so go ahead. <laughs> on Wicked Tricks, which is a movie we Wicked shot. A year ago. Like last January. Last January, yeah. So we Wicked Tricks. We were shooting that. When we brought Ken in, he actually had to reschedule a trip he had planned so he could be in it with us. Yeah. Um, that's how we met Ken. That's how we became friends and colleagues and all that. So, you know, it all really worked out. And, uh... Keep going. Yeah. So, on the brought him in for this one. Originally, if I remember right, Mel, originally the schedule was it was where he still could go on his trip. Right. So uh, it was, but then the schedule slid. You're not right. to hold that for. You. Yeah, and it wasn't going to be an issue at all. You know, yeah. like it was like, oh, no big deal. You know, it's it's fine. Like the schedule would work out. Yeah. Well, then you know when they did that, then basically they had to. Rearranged some stuff, and Ken was like, I just can't. Like, I've already rearranged it once, I can't do it again. Yeah. And so, but I didn't want to not have Ken. Right, we had to have Ken starting at yeah. least. Which he went for, I think, 10 days. Was it 10 out of the 14 days? Or was it 8? Uh, it was 10. I think it was 10, yeah. yeah. So he went for 10 out of the 14 days. And then right after that, Ken was like, hey, I'm out. See y'all later. So he was basically there for the last, the last day he was there for was for the rain stuff. Yeah. And then he was like, hey, I got to go. So off he went to Florida. Well, Roberto, who we actually knew before Ken, believe it or not. Yeah. We met Roberto on cold descent, which was in. Uh, uh, well, that was uh, a year before. Well, no, it was the Ju- July or June. No, oh, it was the March before. March. March, before the March of the year before. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So we. Had Sorry, worked. guys. It all runs together. Yeah. Exactly. So we had, we met Roberto, and he was actually just a PA at that point. Yeah. So, but um, through that into Wicked Tricks, Roberto actually became a grip sla well a grip sla- it was a swing essentially. Yeah. So <clears throat> Ken and Berto hit it off. Yeah. When that happened, they basically formed Team Ken Birdo, I guess is what you could call it. And yeah. um have been gaffer best boy together for a long time now. Right. Um, and in fact I believe Ken brings him on almost everything that Ken works on now. Yeah. So another positive side of all of us working together and what yeah. what happens when that happens yeah. you know you actually because we bring professional people into the sitting that we feel either they're already professional or we feel like they could really become something and we bring them in and they hook up with somebody and then they end up getting constant work you know like, yeah yeah like i remember roberto during wicked tricks kept talking about how he was going to have to go home and do his day job and now he's like, dude, I only do that whenever I absolutely have to. I'm yeah. always working with Ken. When you put get, keep good people together, the magic happens. Exactly. Yeah, that's not the first relationship that started. That no, happened. it's not. Yeah. So that's and so that's the cool thing about that. But uh, basically, what happened is going back to the actual what we were going for with was when Ken left, Roberto basically just stepped right in, and it was no problem. Yeah. Like. Didn't even miss a beat. Yeah. Roberto stepped right in, filled Ken's position, and did both. I mean, he was best boying and uh, gaffing himself. Yeah. Know? So and doing some grip work because we were kind. Of, it was a very grip heavy show. Yeah. And Ken already knew that because Ken was doing grip grip work as well. Yeah. And because, that's why I brought in Justin at the last minute. Exactly. So, in which now is seemed to form a. Weird trifecta, I guess you would say. Yeah. Uh, the which would be which Ken was making a joke. He should change his name to Ken Lighting, and it'd be Ken Lighting and Justin Powers. <laughs> which I was like, yeah, that's actually pretty good. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, but anyhow, that was that, and yeah, I mean, all in all, an awesome crew. So. Yep. And probably the the core of which I will try to use whenever I can like if it's hiring somebody for my thing or hiring putting a crew together for something else if it's something that can support a crew that this would be the crew I'd want absolutely Uh, yeah because it just it worked out and they were down for everything pretty much so I think we've almost pretty much found our people Yep. almost as, a, as I would call it the Justice League I'm pretty sure you wouldn't. I don't know which Marvel it would be, anecdote you would be It would use. be the Australia X-Men. There but you go. I guess since the crew is bigger than that actual team yeah. that's only eight people. And right. What's funny about the Australia-era X-Men if I may digress for a Got minute, it. is that it doesn't include on the roster two or three of my favorite X-Men. Although Gambit gets in on a technicality because he joined at the end of that, that sort of Storyline, right? But it was after they had left Australia, right? It was with the team in front, Yeah, I don't want to get into all this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. there are other pod, <laughs> there are there are other podcasts that cover this shit. Exactly. But <laughs> if <clears throat> let's just say that that would be my first touchstone. Yeah. But to make it a more apt analogy, yeah, it would be X Men number one, the blue and gold teams. Yeah. Like yep. with yep. the Ghibli relaunch, and it was everybody. And so that's why they had to have two books because everybody was, was back on the team. Yeah. So, and that includes everybody, you know, Cyclops, the, the whole game Yeah. Game the game heavy hitters, up. the people that everybody loves. Yeah. Uh, the only person that's, that wasn't on the team then, but he is in the books, is Magneto because he was the bad guy. Right. But, you know, anyway, whatever. i uh, getting too. You nerdy here. We're going but, nerdy, yeah, yeah. But yes, it would be my X Men. Let's just say my X Men. X Men. Th- that's where I thought you were going to go with it. Well, it, yeah. It's what's also funny about that is like my favorite X Men tend to be the teams that don't have Xavier. Right. Like where he's out in space, you know, yeah. screwing the or whatever, but <laughs> or a clone. But anyway, yeah, I don't want to go far too too <laughs> far down this rabbit hole. But yes, my X Men. I've assembled my X Men. Awesome. There yes. we go. Yeah so yeah I mean I think I think that pretty much pretty much covers this like I don't want to get too far I guess into it without Brittany we we'll yeah. to do more with her we gotta do some more with her Yeah, we're almost to Dallas so it got us a good ways yeah, yeah. we took out a big chunk nice uh, so yeah if you if you guys want to check out any of that footage it's on all of our Facebook pages so look for Brittany Miles, Chris Warren, Mel House, Justin Powers. Yep. Look for The Grounds, because that's got a Facebook page. It does now have a Facebook page with pictures of all of us. Right. Penn Jillette's, uh public pages. His Twitter page, I think he reposted a couple times. Instagram. He did talk about it on his podcast. He talks about it a lot on his podcast, Pensundayschool.com. Yeah. Uh, was, the, was it Fox 5 in Las Vegas? They're yeah. the ones that Fox they, came, five. they came to set. Which have, you can also find on all of our Facebook right. pages. They have footage of it. So you can see the tank stuff at least. Yeah. If you watch that, just remember you're going to need to advance about. You have to scrub about 20 minutes forward to see the actual story. Because it starts off, they're covering all the news. Right. It's like they're talking about important stuff. Right. Like, you know, yeah. like the um, election and murders. And homicides. Yeah. And yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Then they get to they're like, yeah. how do they bury the tank story? Right. Yeah, really? Oh, yeah. Some other stuff is happening. Yeah, some other bullshit. Yeah. Um, um, so, yeah, you, you can find all that stuff. It's been well covered. So, yeah. uh, you can see footage and pictures of what we've been doing for the last three weeks of our lives yeah. and also how I almost died and, uh, yeah. 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 Check uh, check out our websites for more info, upstartfilmworks.net, at upstartfilm, on Twitter, and... Uh, oh go ahead sorry uh, I think that's uh, Upstart Film on Instagram as well there you go and I'm at chriswar54 on Twitter I'm Christopher Warren on Facebook and you always as always just make sure you look for the Hannibal Lecter mask that's me and then uh, I think it's war 54 on Instagram I'll double check and confirm but I'm pretty sure I'm right about that and then Brittany's not here but uh, F- movie monster monsters on Facebook yeah. not the porn page yeah Um, I think that's pretty much it. 869 is her film. Go check it out. Um, We'll talk at you next time. Yep. Adios. So, we live, in a sh- we live in, like, the ghetto. It's, like, rough. There's gangsters and shit. We have to keep Fox all the windows closed. Podcast us no money. We can't move. Like, there's, like, there's like a shootout going on regularly. Why do you, okay, stop. Why do you say shit like that? <laughs> like... <laughs> Like, why, do you, why does he say shit like we live in the ghetto and there's shoot-ups regularly? Just for the <laughs> clarity of the podcast, there's not. Two versus three. Nerds with fears and opinions. A weekly podcast hosted by Cody, Kyle, and Greg. New episodes every Thursday at and Ebooks.com.